in our fourth session on Ephesians 5, 25 to 31, my question is, why is such a small space, like six words, that's six, one, two, three, four, five, six, six words given to describe the way that Christ loved the church. So husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Now let's explain it. Here's the way he loved the church. He gave himself up for her. And the rest of this is not the way he did it, but why he did it. That he might sanctify her, having having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she might be holy and without blemish. All of this is not the way he loved, but what's he pursuing? The, The purpose of loving her this way. Why? Why did he do it that way? Why, why, the, why so little space given to the cost of the love and such a large space given to the, the benefit of the love? So, Father, as we pose this question, something very profound is going on here, and grant that we would see it, feel it, and be empowered by it to love. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's a a partial answer. I think that there's a theme here and a theme here which explains in part why so much space is devoted to the aim or the purpose of love rather than the, the, the path of love. And it lies in this phrase here, that he might present the church to himself in splendor, which is paralleled here with he who loves his wife loves himself. Do you see the similarity of those two? If by loving her in self-sacrifice, he can make her beautiful, then when he presents his bride to himself, he gets the joy of a beautiful bride. And here, if he loves his bride, his wife, he must love himself because he's getting the benefit of having a wife loved like that. He's loving himself. So this is a, this is a theme. It's repeated in both halves of this paragraph. And the question now is, why? Why did Paul go this route? This is so different than the way most people think about motivating love, because most people think this kind of talk ruins love. If you talk about loving your wife because it's really loving yourself, (laughs) how is that love? People say, that's not love, that's just self-orientation. Or if you say, I died for her so that I could get a beautiful bride, it sounds like Whoa, you're us all into yourself, Jesus. So there's the question. And we'll be spending more than one session on this, but let me try to approach an answer. 
And here's my suggestion. When you elevate the standard of love to a wife, an imperfect wife, a sinful wife, to the fact that you are to give her, give yourself for her the way Jesus gave himself up for the church, you are raising the bar so high that that kind of love feels hopeless. That's the great danger. Standing the great barrier between this love and obedience. If you say to a husband, die for the good of an imperfect wife, his sinful heart is going to say, there's no future in that. Now, what should we think about how to respond to that? There's no future in dying for my wife. I want a, I want a marriage. I, I, want, I don't want to just completely deny myself every possible happiness in order to serve her. Remember what Jesus said? Calling the crowd to himself with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. In other words, be ready to die like Jesus, with Jesus, and follow me. For, here's the the argument. It's got two parts, and both are crucial. Be ready to do that. Love your wife by dying for her. That would be a specific illustration here. For whoever would save his life will lose it. In other words, if you try to save your life by ignoring your wife or belittling your wife or neglecting your wife or abusing your wife or doing anything other than being willing to sacrifice for her good, you're going to lose your life. But whoever loses his life by sacrificing himself for the good of his wife, for my sake and the gospel's, the gospel in her life, will save it. There it is. This is not a a hopeless strategy of life. This is full, full of hope. If you live this way, you will save your life. All right. That's what's going on here. Jesus says, I'm calling you to, to give up rights and to surrender your conveniences and to spend yourself to make her all she can be in Christ. And he spells that out for the way he treats the church. We don't necessarily make every transition here to the wife. This is the way Jesus dies for and loves the church, that he might sanctify her, cleanse her, wash her, present the church to himself in splendor. He wants a holy, pure, clean, splendid bride forever. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she might be holy, returns to holy here. So that's what's being underlined, holy, sanctified, 
without blemish, that is, without any imperfection at all. So what's the principle there and and here? The, The principle is something like pursuing your your joy in the joy of the beloved maximizes your joy. Isn't that what this says? Jesus says, I want a wife. And I want her to be beautiful. That will be my joy. He's pursuing his joy. He doesn't want a splendid wife because she's boring or unpleasing, displeasing. He wants a splendid wife because that will be his delight. And so he pursues it in her joy. How do I get that? Because what is holiness? What is holiness? Holiness is the wife's Delighting, you read that, delighting in Christ above all. When a woman or a man delights, is satisfied by, treasures Christ above every treasure in the world, that's what holiness is. And thus, he's pursuing a bride whose splendor of holiness will be the bride's delight in him. So she gets fullness of delight, and he gets fullness of delight in her delight in him. That's the principle behind this and this. And I'm arguing that the barrier. Of a, between a sinful heart and this kind of sacrifice is overcome precisely by this principle. If somebody says to me, I can't, I can't love my wife like that. It's a dead-end street. There's no future in it. I'll just lose myself. I will say, no. If you pursue your joy, loves himself, who loves his wife, loves himself. If you pursue your joy, in the joy of your wife, this will maximize your joy. It won't diminish it. And you got to believe that. So that's why I think this, where we get 43 words describing the goal of love and six words describing the way of love. Because the way of love is patently impossible and overwhelmingly difficult for the sinful heart and needs all the help it can get. The husband needs all the help he can get to believe this is a good way to live. And this is the proof that it's a unbelievably hopeful way to live. Well, not unbelievably. (laughs) The, The whole point is, I'm writing this so that you might believe this, husbands, and so be about the great work of loving your wives like that.